From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Wednesday the 28th of September 2022. So the reason I'm dressed as George Washington today is because last week we hit 100,000 subscribers and while I was on holiday Jack promised I'd be in fancy dress all week so here I am. God knows why but you know he promised it and uh, yeah here I am. Today we're going to be talking about the alleged sabotage of the Nord Stream gas pipes. We'll also be discussing three of today's other important stories and interviewing Conservative MP Kevin Hollingrake about what he thinks about the budget. But first, the Nord Stream leaks. On Monday, both Nord Stream 1 and 2, two gas pipelines connecting Russia and Germany, suffered dramatic falls in pressure. Now, that wouldn't necessarily be a major news story. Russia has, after all, played with the gas deliveries to Europe on numerous occasions. The issue is, many suspect sabotage. Now, it's worth pointing out off the bat that Nord Stream 2 is, quite famously, not actually open. Back in February, amid rising tensions between Europe and Russia, Germany's Chancellor Olaf Scholz formally suspended the certification process for Nord Stream 2 a prerequisite to actually using the pipeline. That being said, prior to that suspension, the pipeline had actually been filled with gas in order to pressurise and prepare it for coming online. Hence the leaks from both Nord Stream 1 and 2. Anyway, it was revealed by the German Geological Research Centre GFZ that on the same day the pipeline suffered their catastrophic declines in pressure, seismographs on a Danish island recorded two spikes. Now, GFZ refused to hypothesise on the cause of the seismic shocks, stressing that there was a spike and then regular noise. We cannot say if that could be gas streaming out. Other seismologists have, however, pointed the blame at Russia, suggesting that the seismic activity recorded may well have been the result of explosions, which has led many of Europe's politicians to cry foul play. Poland's Prime Minister, for one, was unequivocal in his words. Today we faced an act of sabotage. We don't know all of the details of what's happened, but we see clearly that it's an act of sabotage related to the next step of the escalation of the situation in Ukraine. Denmark's Prime Minister stressed it is too early to conclude yet, but it is an extraordinary situation. There are three leaks and therefore it's difficult to imagine that it could be accidental. These are deliberate actions, not an accident. In response to the alleged sabotage, Norway announced it would be raising its emergency preparedness and that gas operators on the Norwegian continental shelf were in close contact with the Norwegian government, the police and the Norwegian armed forces. In any case, whilst all eyes are turned to Russia, it's not clear who stands to benefit from the leaks and destruction of the equipment. Neither Nord Stream 1 nor 2 were operational at the time, leading some to argue that the sabotage is symbolic first and foremost. On the same day as the leaks, Norway and Poland opened up a new Baltic pipeline to bring Norwegian gas to Poland for the first time. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three of the stories. Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman's position as the de facto ruler of Saudi Arabia has been cemented further after his father, King Salman, issued a royal decree appointing him as the country's prime minister. Mohammed bin Salman, or MBS for short, will replace his 86-year-old father as prime minister. 
But the move is not really going to change the balance of power in the country. For some years now, 37-year-old MBS has effectively already been carrying out the duties of Prime Minister, including supervising the main executive bodies of the state, representing the kingdom abroad and chairing summits. Since raising to power in 2017, MBS has undertaken significant reforms in things like economic diversification, whilst also lifting the ban on female drivers. At the same time, he's cracked down hard on dissent, whether from activists, critics, journalists, former insiders and others. Most notably, he's been accused of ordering the brutal murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi in the Saudi consulate in Istanbul in 2018. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. Florida is currently bracing for a Category 4 hurricane known as Ian. It's currently making its way through Cuba and is expected to hit the shores of the US later today. In Cuba, it's already knocked out the electrical grid, plunging the country into a blackout and leaving 11 million people without power. Specifically, it's expected to hit the Tampa Bay region later today, which is one of the most vulnerable places in the US for flooding. It's also one of Florida's most densely populated areas, meaning that there's a real fear of destruction of property and loss of life. As such, more than 2.5 million Florida residents have been evacuated, with the police going door-to-door -door in some areas. At its worst, it's expected that Hurricane Ian will reach speeds of up to 240 kilometers an hour, or 143 miles per hour. The International Monetary Fund has rebuked the UK government over its recent announcement last week of huge tax cuts and extra borrowing. The IMF's comments are without a clear precedent in regards to a major G7 country and shareholder, according to the BBC's economics editor. The IMF said the measures announced by the government will likely increase inequality. The organisation said it was closely monitoring recent economic developments in the UK and are engaged with the authorities, and added that it does not recommend large and untargeted fiscal packages at this juncture. The IMF suggested that the UK government take an early opportunity to consider more targeted support and re-evaluate the tax measures, especially those that benefit high-income earners. Among those tax measures was the abolition of the top rate of income tax, benefiting only those earning above £150,000 per year. We were lucky enough to interview Kevin Hollingrake, the Conservative MP for Thurston Moulton. We discussed a number of things, from Friday's mini-budget to what the government can do for northern constituencies. You can see the short version of the interview on this YouTube version, but if you want to see the full interview, that can only be found on Nebula. We'd like to say a big thank you to Chamber for setting this up for us. So, uh, on Friday, the Chancellor made a statement outlining a number of tax cuts across the board. Uh, this, includes an income, this includes cutting income tax by one percentage point, from 20% to 19%. While this will directly, positively impact hardworking families up and down the country, some have argued that some of the other changes may not. These include scrapping the limits on bankers' bonuses, scrapping the top rate of income tax, and scrapping the rise in corporation tax. Do you personally agree with uh, this criticism? Well, to some extent, I mean, they all have different purposes. So um, you target measures that you think are going to be most beneficial to the economy. Now, you, you can't expect every measure that you employ, deploy, uh, to help everybody equally, but they all have a purpose. So I don't, in, in isolation, I don't have any problem at all with any single, any individual one of the tax cuts. Um, 
but I think my biggest concern is the impact on our on our ability to balance the books. That's the biggest difficulty here. You are effectively, I mean, we don't know the scale of this yet. It depends on energy prices going forwards. But you're talking hundreds of billions of pounds will be added to our national debt over the next few years at a time when we're already quite deep in debt. That's the number one problem I have. So we could talk about the individual measures, such as bankers' bonuses, which I think has been mar- uh, largely, uh, what's the word to put it, um, it's, you know, the. I don't think it's right to say this is increasing the pay for, of bankers. It just it changes the way the bankers are being paid. At the moment, they have, they have to have, because there's a cap, it doesn't mean they are less. It means they have a much higher basic salary. And um, and this what this does is allow the payments of lower basic salaries, which many people would think that's not a bad idea, and have a higher elements of performance-related pay. So that's what that's about. So it shouldn't we shouldn't fall for the headline in some of these with some of these measures really. Yeah. Okay. That's that's fair enough. Um so obviously when Liz Truss was actually running in the leadership election, um she said that the, the package of uh, tax cuts she was going to make, she made clear that she was going to make these tax cuts. Were you surprised by the scale and the size of the tax cuts that she implemented or that her chancellor implemented on Friday? Yes, I was, because they weren't restricted just to the stuff she talked about through the campaign, which I think is one of the problems with the budget is that it went further. I think many, lots of people could argue the rising corporation tax was unhelpful. We want to, you know, that's we want a low rate of corporation tax. It isn't really the argument for that isn't really about what companies here already will pay. Um, they'll largely pay what they're told. What it is if you have a low rate of corporation tax. You're much more likely to get uh, companies who are located elsewhere or are thinking of locating somewhere to come to the UK, which has to be a good thing. So there's certain arguments for that and for the na- the reversal of the planned rise for national insurance. So, um, but I think cutting the top rate of income tax, that kind of stuff, th- those those were more surprising elements of the package, and uh, and added to some of the concerns that this would be unaffordable in the short term so uh, w- which would mean more borrowing which would mean higher costs of borrowing and potentially higher interest rates because it's, it's going to fuel the economy to some extent which i think is has been borne out by in recent days that's all we have time for on youtube but if you want to see our full interview with kevin then watch the extended ad free edition of the daily briefing over on nebula Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. So if you want to support the channel and get a more extensive daily briefing every day, you'll want to sign up. And there's good news. Our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers some of the best documentaries, is offering a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all the best documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream and then more TLDR on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. Click the link below to get both services for less than $15 a year and support the channel.